Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys, hey, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gops, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. By doing that, you have made us the biggest podcast in the world. We appreciate it. We are presented by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Mikey A., The Final Four is coming up this weekend. You have Duke, you have Carolina, you have Kansas, you have Villanova, you have Storylines, and you know who we have? Jay Bleepin' Billis. How about that? That's big. (laughs) It really is. Uh, Mikey, are you rooting for Duke or are you rooting for Carolina? Like, what do you think the country is rooting for? Coach K to finish this off, win a national championship in his final year, or are they rooting for Coach K to fail? <laughs> I think most people are rooting for Coach K to fail. I'm, I personally am a UNC fan when it comes to basketball, so I'm obviously rooting for UNC, but I think most people just want to see the Titan go down. I think every time that happens, you want to see Goliath go down. I would say we're never going to see this again. We're never going to see like this send-off, this type of send-off again in that sport in particular. Not going to be Bill Self. You're not going to get this for Tom Izzo. You're going to get it here for Coach K, and then that's it. It's over after that. Whoever replaces Coach K, uh, uh, John Shire, is that the hardest job? Can you think of a harder one? Like, is it whoever replaces Saban at Alabama? 
Like, where wow. does this rank? Um, replacing Don Shula down here in Miami was very tough. Uh, replacing, yeah. I mean, I was going to say replacing Joe Montana, but Steve Young did it and won a Super Bowl. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, wow, that's a good question. Is replacing Coach K the hardest coach to replace? See, the, 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 while you think about it, the Patriots, I think, did it right in you don't replace the guy with the next guy. You replace the guy with a Band-Aid, and then you bring in the guy. You don't want to be the guy after the guy. You want to be the guy after that guy. Right. The guy after the guy that replaced the guy. There yes. you go. I would say in sports, in all of sports, the two most difficult uh, jobs to replace, right, if you're the next guy up is what you just said, Coach K, and that's going to be John Shire, or when Trey Wingo had to replace Greeny. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidity! Let's get to Jay Villas. <laughs> Stu Gouts here from my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice-cold Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh, folks, gather around. Everyone gather around, listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me, you bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Jay, uh, Jay, thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Sure thing. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, if I could hear you, that would be fantastic. Can you not hear me? Hold on, we're getting there. I feel I like Golick right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You're acting like it. Jay, are you as bad with uh, with Zoom and technology as I am? Uh, clearly not. You're an asshole. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Duke, Jay. Just say it. You went. To- yeah, we we had a lot of Zoom courses back then. It was my minor. Was it Zoom? Yeah. After Twitter Spaces, my major was Twitter Spaces. <laughs> uh, you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I got you great. All right, let's do this. Let's get Jay out of here. It's a busy. Oh night. no, all that's going in. <laughs> Uh, Jay Billis is with us. The Final Four is coming up this weekend. Uh, we love this time of year. Jay Billis loves this time of year. It's his time of year. You dominate this time of year, don't you, Jay Billis? 
I, you know, Stugatz, I like the whole basketball season. Uh, so I don't, I don't watch football just when it, you know, we hit the Super Bowl. I don't watch basketball just when we get to the Final Four. I, I like the whole year. Are you annoyed by fans like me who only start paying attention <laughs> once March comes around? No, I'm not annoyed by any of it, um, but it, it does make me laugh, um, you know, whether it's it's our place or any outlet, uh, any media outlet, when they, they act like, uh, well, you know, the last uh, second ticks off of the Super Bowl, they say, now we can turn our attention to basketball. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> don't we cover sports? I mean, you know, you don't say no. that, you don't say that to, to other sports. It's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. What's the uh, what's the March Madness catchphrase? You are you're just tired of fucking saying it. <laughs> is it guard play? What is it? That's a good question. I I, I mean, a lot of it. Um, you know, when when people say you keep talking about ball screens, and I mean, do you guys have any idea like what football commentators sound like? You know, I mean, I I think I could <laughs> go into football tomorrow without having any football experience. Just saying, hey, they got to run the ball and they got to keep the ball off the ground. If you establish the run, then you can go to the the air game. And uh, you gotta you gotta really win in the trenches in this one, Mikey. Hey, what are you laughing at? Because I told you before he came on, he's the best at this. You can ask him about anything, and he'll get through it. And I had this discussion with Jay before. He's been on the podcast before, where I told him, "Hey, just throw me a team, right? And I'll give you solid guard play, senior guard play, tenacious on D. They've got great length. They can really push the ball up the court. Great coach, experienced coach. Why are you laughing at Jay? Because he just." Throw him a football team, Mikey. Hey, throw him out the Jets. I bet you could break them down right now. Well, you threw. Remember, Stu, you threw out tennis players to me, and I analyzed tennis players <laughs> without would you knowing like a damn to, thing about tennis. What would you like us to throw out today? Like, what can hey, we throw you out want. to you today? Whatever you want. <laughs> I can, Mikey, I can yeah. go idiot, idiot, an, analystese in just about any sport. Oh my God, it's the best, Mikey. Hey, how do you want to do this? Go like, tell me, tell me what you want to do and how you want to. Do I want to. I want him to break down the NHL playoffs right now. Jay, can you break down the entirety of the of the hockey playoffs, or do you need us to you know throw you a team just to be specific? Well, I don't know anything about hockey other than when I was a kid. I used to go to the Kings games all the time when Marcel Dion and Rogi Bashan yes. were there. Uh, yes. Bob Barry was coaching them back in the day. Right. But uh, uh, heck, you know the truth is, once you pass the blue line against the Bruins, they're so good in goal. Uh, I don't see how you're going to get a slap shot off left or right. Uh, so you really have to take it behind the goal and then operate from there. All right, Mike, I want you to make a list of things that you want Shea Billis to fake his way through. And at the end, we'll present them to him. Okay? Like, okay. It could be a turkey club. It could be tennis players. It could be golfers. Like whatever you want to do. And Jay is a big golfer. Jay, am I allowed to talk to you about your new project with Gary or is that off limits? You can talk about anything. Okay, good. God, I love you. Jay Billis just rolls the way Jay Billis wants to roll. You are the best. Let's start here, and I'll get to the golf stuff that you're doing with Gary. But if I told you Duke, after they lost to Carolina, Coach K's final home game at Cameron Indoor, that they'd be in the final four, you would have told me what? I wouldn't have been shocked, um, nor all that surprised, given the way this season has gone. I mean, Duke's the most talented team. Uh, they're young in spots with uh, with freshmen carrying the load. Their best player is Paolo Bancaro. He's only 18 years old. But uh, I, I didn't have the, uh, the same degree of confidence about them after the ACC tournament as I do now. They, they weren't playing this well. And uh, their defense wasn't as tight. Uh, their ball screen coverage wasn't as good. 
they got run by Virginia Tech in the final after not playing particularly well against Syracuse, and they played they played well against Miami, but not not yeah. great. Uh, but they've been great in the tournament. If you only watched the NCAA tournament, and clearly you only do. <laughs> um, the, uh, Duke's been the best team in the tournament. They've been the, the most consistent at the highest level. And, uh, heck, that second half they put on against uh, Texas Tech, they shot 71%, I believe, and made their last eight shots. Uh, that was kind of Villanova 85 against Georgetown stuff. And then they were almost as good against Arkansas. You know, they, had, they, they attacked the paint. They only took 10 threes. They scored 46 points in the paint against Arkansas, and that's by far the most the Razorbacks have given up this year against a really good schedule. We, uh, we talked to uh, your friend Grant Hill, Dan and I did, right after that, uh, that Duke loss at Cameron Indoor, Coach K's final game there. I'm going to play this sound for you, Jay, and just let you react, okay? This is me and Dan talking <laughs> with Grant Hill. It's great stuff. Dan and I were debating here, Grant. Do you think that Carolina fans, if given the choice, beat Coach K, final home game at Cameron Indoor, or win the national championship, which one do you think they would choose? They could only have one. Well, you know, I mean, we have to question the fans at North Carolina. And, you know, and and, and, and I say that because I think they would take beating Coach K in his last game at Cameron. <laughs> you know, if, if the roles were reversed, you know what? They can have the great Dean Smith last game in in in, in, uh, in the Dean Dome, or the great Roy Williams last game in the Dean Dome. We 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 go for championships, and so you know. But that's you know that's a tar here. You know that's, that's what you that's what you get. It hurt Grant. That it hurt. Is, no, Come but on. that is that is uh, that is the most cutting thing you will ever hear Grant Hill say in public. Just slicing that that is the most hated thing, right? Uh, in sports, for you, there is nothing more hated for Grant Hill than the Tar Heel. You know, I don't like to use the word hate, but uh, sometimes you have to, to, to bring it off the shelf. And um, <laughs> it's so nice. you know, I, I, I'll say this, <laughs> I'll say this, we, you know, we, we know that there's been documentaries about Duke and about people not liking us and the Fab Five and, you know, we had no issues with anybody. I, I, I like. I was a fan of the Fab Five. I was close with Chris Weber. I get into that in my book that's coming out. Um, you know, I got along with everybody else, but I did not like Carolina. And I grew up a Carolina fan, and and that was what was crazy. I grew up a Carolina fan, but it was like living with the enemy. And when we were in school, Carolina was they were everything. They had had the, the great success. Uh, with Dean Smith at Duke, which is six miles away from North Carolina, you'd be in the in your cafeteria line at at the lunch, you know, having lunch, and you know the people there working in the cafeteria were Carolina fans, <laughs> and so they talk trash to you. Y'all gonna lose to Carolina and blah blah blah. And so you know, it was like everywhere you went, it was North Carolina and North. But we've started to change that a little bit now in the state of North Carolina. You got a lot more of that richer. Um, uh, that richer um, shade of blue that has just more more character and uh, more substance to it than that I don't know whatever shade that he's is. He's so there. angry. He's so angry that this is this passes for trash talk with him. He has lost his mind. He's out of control right now yeah. with rage and hatred. This is the most uh, the, take it uh, off the shelf. It, it's, it's dusty. He, he took <laughs> hatred off the shelf. Jay. <laughs> I'm a little surprised at that. Uh, first of all, an excellent plug of his book in the middle of, the, of that. But, you like that. Um, I, I, I actually, Stugatz, feel differently than Grant. Um, you know, for me, 
the Duke Carolina rivalry had it, Duke and Carolina recruit the same guys, the exact same guys. And, and when I was an assistant uh, graduate assistant at Duke, we recruited the hell out of Eric Montross and Carolina recruited the hell out of Leitner, Hurley and, uh, and Grant and had, uh, had Montross gone to Duke, uh, Duke fans would have loved him and they would have hated Leitner and Hurley and Hill. Like, how could you hate Grant Hill? But they would have hated him. And the, the, the funny part is, and I know Duke fans won't want to hear this based upon what Grant said, but there's no difference between the Duke fans and the Carolina fans, none. Because the, 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 Carolina, the Duke fans, um, there, was a, there was a long time there. They may not admit this now, but a long time there where they would say, if we lose and Carolina loses in the same day, it's still a great day. And we're going, no, no, it's not a great day. Anytime we lose, not a great day. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's that's stupid. But when I was, uh, it was years ago, probably 1999. So Duke had Elton Brand and, you know, that that great team. And, uh, you know, they were number one in the country for a good part of the year. Ultimately wound up losing to UConn in the title game. So I was doing, back then I was doing the Atlantic 10 tournament. And our producer was a Carolina guy. And so... Uh, the, the, one of the days we were working was, was the ACC semifinals in uh, probably in Greensboro. I can't remember where it was, but we were in Philly. And he was rooting for his Tar Heels to lose to Maryland in the semifinals so that they wouldn't have to play Duke because he thought they would lose to Duke in the final. And I was like, so let me get this straight. You would rather finish third than finish second. Like that makes no sense at all. But yeah. that's that's the way some fans feel. It's not about you know. It's about their feelings, not about their team. And uh, and I just don't know any any competitor in the rivalry that wouldn't want to play in this game. Like I would have loved to have played Carolina in in a championship. You know, we played them in the ACC tournament. Would love to play them in the in the NCAA tournament. And uh, you know, we played other ACC schools in the tournament. You know, I would have loved to have done that. Right. And uh, I, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's fantastic. It's just it just creates this year. It has created a varsity JV feel that that somehow the the prelim of Villanova, Kansas is totally Crazy. secondary to yes. the Duke Carolina thing. And I wouldn't mind being Kansas right now saying, you know, you guys have, go have your Hatfield McCoy moment, and play three overtimes if you want to and wear yourselves out emotionally <laughs> and physically. And we'll see on Monday night. Uh, you have Kansas beating Villanova. Is that why you said that? You wouldn't want to be Kansas? Only only because Justin Moore of Villanova's injured. He, he right. snapped his Achilles at the very end of the, the Houston game in the Elite Eight. And so without him, I think it's a, a serious uphill climb. But because Villanova can slow the game down, they're, they're a low-possession team. Um, actually, they're one of the slowest-playing teams in the country. Uh, only, the only Power 5 team that plays slower than them is Virginia. And, uh, you know, this year watching Virginia play was like watching, you know, people say it's like watching paint dry. It was more like watching dried paint chip. <laughs> Jay Billows with us here on Stupidity. It is interesting when you have Kansas and Villanova and Jay Wright has won two championships since 2016, which is more than the other three combined, I believe. Uh, but Jay, when that's the undercard, Jay, you have yourself an amazing final four. Yeah. And, and it kind of goes to show what, you know, what I talk about every year is, is look, first two weeks of the tournament, you can get all geeked up about the upsets and say that anybody can win. But once we get to the elite eight, it's not true. Um, you usually have like, like, you know, there are a number of teams that can break through a given region when things happen in their bracket. 
And uh, but but winning the whole thing is a different deal than reaching an elite eight or reaching a final four. Uh, you got to be you got to be powerful to win the whole thing. And uh, we've seen that over the years. And we've got four pretty powerful teams in this final four. We were uh, debating this today. I think it's perfect. Like Duke Carolina, not just playing in the NCAA tournament, Jay, but playing for a right to go to the national championship game. They're playing in the final four. And it's Coach K's obvious obviously his last season here but we were debating today whether or not st peter's would have been a better storyline than carolina duke no right not to me but right. but people like the underdog story and uh and you know i i figured it was going to happen against purdue that that they were gonna you know sort of face reality but uh but it happened against north carolina and that was never a game um, you know, I think if you're the Purdue players or Kentucky players, you got to you had to watch that Carolina game. Going, why didn't we play? Why didn't we play? You know, they right. they didn't play. And all credit to St. Peter's for winning. But I mean, that was a team that was 12 and 11 against. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they only beat two teams with a winning record during the season. And so they they overperformed their level, in my view. Um, and it was great, uh, but it was a, a secondary story to who's going to win the national championship. Like that, that's sort of the thing about the tournament. We don't have the 68 best teams in the tournament. Um, they're not, you know, you have these automatic qualifiers that get in and most of them honestly are cannon fodder for the big shots. And, uh, you know, 13 through 16 seeds rarely do anything beyond pulling a, pulling an upset. And, uh, so what St. Peter's did with it was extraordinary, but there was never, there was never a minute you thought, well, they can win this thing. Not one. Right. And right. I don't know, maybe other people felt that way, but I certainly didn't. Uh, Jay, I'm wondering why so many people were down on the ACC when you consider three three teams in the Elite Eight were from the ACC, two of the final four teams are from the ACC. Why were so many people down on the conference this year? Because it didn't perform well. It wasn't a good year for the ACC. You know, that their non-conference record was abysmal relative to what it normally is. Uh, it did not have a lot of strength to it now, but that, that doesn't mean that some of the, the better teams in the league didn't get better. So there were different teams at the end of the year, you know, North Carolina was one of them. Uh, if, if the season ended on January 15th, Carolina would not have made the field and, right. and I'm not, and neither would Miami have made the field. So, you know, this idea that, you know, just because you have a seating doesn't mean you have a ceiling. You know, how you're playing at the end of the year is important. You can have the best year of anybody. And if you got somebody hurt or you're not playing particularly well or not shooting well, you can get bounced early. It doesn't mean you, you weren't one of the best teams and didn't have a great year. You know, it's kind of like the college football playoff. You know, Cincinnati has a great year. They go into the, the tournament, the, that four-team tournament, and, and they get bounced. It doesn't mean they weren't really good. Um, you know, same thing, same thing here. You know, like the Pac-12 had three teams in the Elite Eight last year. So what? I mean, they didn't. You know, it, it, that didn't reflect the kind of season they had. They had a great run in the tournament. And uh, and that's that's true of the ACC this year. It's unusual because the ACC is usually we're talking about is the ACC the best conference in the country this year? This year they were fifth, maybe. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, and like I, I would tell people, like, look, you can't tout the analytics, uh, you know, the net rankings and all this Ken Palm stuff and all the all the analytics you have when you're good and say here that reflects that shows it look how look how good we were in all this and then when the analytics aren't good and your records aren't good say oh wow that doesn't matter though of course it matters but but it's not a ceiling on what you're capable of doing in the tournament do you think a majority of america will be rooting for duke on saturday or against duke on saturday 
probably against um, because <laughs> they've been so good for so long. Um, yeah. And, you know, Coach K evokes so much. You know, you got so many people who support him and so many people who don't. And I'm actually cool with that. I, I don't care. You know, I, I grew up a, a, a fan of different teams growing up. And, right. uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't care for Notre Dame when I was a kid because I grew up in L.A. And, and uh, UCLA and USC in basketball, UCLA and football, USC would run into Notre Dame all the time. You kind of got tired of it. And uh, so I get that. I don't, I don't care who people like. But, you know, the idea – and you're like, look, if you want to hate somebody, go ahead and hate them. But, but you know, the facts of the matter are, uh, you know, these programs have been so good for so long. Like Hubert Davis is one, is one of the, my closest friends, and, uh, and I, uh, I'd walk through fire for that guy. There's not a better person on the planet. And, uh, and so I feel the same way about Coach K. Like, it, it, how could you not like those guys? It's impossible if, if, if you know them or pay any attention. Uh, Mikey, I'm going to ask the question that I ask guests sometimes, okay? It's a weird game, Jay, that I've created, but it's a game where if you give the best story, you win $10 million. So it's like you, J.J. Reddick, I'll throw in Mark Allery, okay, old school. That's back when I was growing up, and I'll throw in Woj, okay? And you all have to give your best Coach K story. The best story wins $10 million. What story is Jay Billis going with? Uh, probably like the stuff he used to do what, that he thought would really motivate us. And we, we had met his mother, um, Emily Krzyzewski, uh, who he would tell us stories about her that she only had one dress and, and she, uh, was walking through the park one day in Chicago and she got mugged and she wouldn't let go of her purse. And these guys tried to steal her purse from her and she wouldn't let go of it. And then, and then tells us, and there was nothing in her purse. And then says that some of you guys have a hard time holding on to a rebound. And, you know, <laughs> we got the story, we understood it, but, but after he left the room, we were like, oh, how much is he making now? And she's only got one dress. Like, can't get her another dress. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, there's nothing in the purse and, uh, you know, maybe give her some, put in that purse. Um, but she was, she was a very sweet lady, but, uh, and then one of the guys said, you know, we got a couple scholarships available. Maybe she could play, get some of those rebounds. He's talking about, uh, we, we definitely had a good, the, the other one, my, one of my favorites, and this is really stupid, but coach K I like stupid. All, it's called stupidity, Jay. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, coach K, uh, being from Chicago says, yo, all the time, they look, they look like, Yo, get over here. Yo, do this. Yo, yo. When he tries to get your attention. Yo. And we played a, a team that had a guy on their roster named Yo. So in the scouting report, his name was Y-O-H-E. I can't remember his first name. But after we went through the scouting report and, and we're all looking at each other going, there's a guy named Yo on this team. <laughs> so we went out and practiced. And throughout the practice, every time the guy that was on our team that was, you know, supposed to be Yo, we would, we would like, you know, we were supposed to talk on defense and communicate. And we would always point to the ball, and go, yo, yo, yo. And Coach K finally caught on. And he says, hey, I hear you guys saying yo. Like, that's real funny. We'll see how funny it is when they're kicking your ass tomorrow. And uh, so he kind of caught us doing it. What was the score the next day? Did you guys win? We beat the, we, we beat the hell out of them. But, no, <laughs> but nobody, said, nobody said yo. We, we didn't have the yeah. balls to say yo during the game. Uh, Jay, when you played for him, uh, because he was he was just getting started when you were playing at Duke, did you think he would turn into this, to what it is today? 
Well, I, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom this kind of thing. You know, you weren't thinking when you were 22 years old that your coach was going to be there for 40 years and establish this kind of record. I mean, there are a lot of people that, a lot of Duke fans that thought when, when our, our group left that that might be the best team Duke would ever have. You know, we won 37 games that last year and we're number one, all that stuff. Um, and who knew he was going to have better teams from there and, uh, and win five titles with a chance for a six and all that stuff. Um, no, the answer is no, but I knew he was great and I knew he was the right one for me, uh, and never hesitated, uh, once I made the decision to, to play for him. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know who thought that way that, that he, he could be, you know, he would be the equal to wooden when he was done. Um, that, that didn't cross my mind. Right, become the greatest coach in the history of the sport. Maybe the greatest coach in the history of sports. Um, Jay, I'm wondering here, Dan and I talk about this often, Mount Rushmore of annoying Duke players. Who would you put on the Mount Rushmore of annoying Duke players? You're going to put yourself there, aren't you? No, I was uh, I was beloved by opponents because they could <laughs> they could kick my ass so easily. Let's knock um, it off. <laughs> I, would, I would put, that's a good question. Reddick could have to go up there because he was so damn good. And, no uh, and so, um, like he had a, a, a cockiness to him that I really appreciated, but I can understand why other people got tired of watching him make shots and, and smile. Um, Leitner would have to be up there, uh, just yep. because, you know, if there's ever been a guy that had everything, it was him, uh, mm -hmm. good player. He's a, you know, one of people magazines, 50 most beautiful when he was in college. I mean, who gets that? Right. Um, but not as good looking as you, Jay Billis. I mean, come on. No, let's I mean, let, let's, right. yeah, let's be, we have to yeah. stay realistic that just yeah. because he makes 50 most beautiful people, I was in a different category. <laughs> right. Um, who else would be up there? Um, Woj, Chris Collins. Yeah. Chris Grayson Collins. Allen. Was, yeah. Grayson, Grayson Allen would go up there. Um, <laughs> it sounds like after his interview with you, Grant Hill would have to go up there. Oh, um, yes, I agree. Good. Geez, I mean, <laughs> Grant spewing fire. No, I, I yeah, you, you'd go with the, the usual suspects in that. I never really understood all that stuff. Um, sure. Of the Duke hatred. Like, I, I understand not wanting to see him win because they win so much. That's just, that's just what, what fans do. But, um, and it was always, you know, a certain type of Duke guy that, that, that took the brunt of it. And it started with Leitner. Like, Leitner was the first one. Maybe Danny Ferry a little bit uh, took some of that heat, but but it really started with Leitner. Do you worry at all about the pressure that's going to be on John Shire starting next year? Like, is that should should he be worried about it? Should anyone be worried about it? It seems like an impossible spot for John Shire. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be difficult because you know Coach K is so uh, embedded in the program. And it's kind of like when you go to Indiana, it's, it's hard to walk into Assembly Hall without thinking about Bob Knight or walking to the right. Poly Pavilion without John Wooden being front and center. But, you know, he's very well suited to do a great job with this. But I do think it's going to be the hardest act to follow in sports. And, and early on, any change that he makes will be questioned. Just like Hubert Davis this year went to a different sure. offense. And, you know, Carolina people are like, wait a minute, what is this? Uh, but they seem to be okay with it now. Um, so if he wins, and I think he will, uh, you know, it'll it'll he'll establish his own his own way of doing things, and people will respond to it. Um, but it's it's true of everything. You know, if you if you don't win, like whether you follow Bear Bryant or John Wooden, like uh, Gene Bartow went to the Final Four the year after Wooden retired, and everybody was pissed. 
I grew up out there and you had to listen to it all the time that nothing, nothing that could be done would have, would have satisfied people. And that went on for a long time. So I, I, I don't know that it'll be quite like the problem is for John is coach K has been there 42 years and all of it's been on television and now social media. So it's actually harder to follow coach K than it would have been to follow wooden because, you know, back then when you said game of the week, that was literal. There was only one game on a week. That was and it. Now, now, now everything's on. So, you know, you're uh, coach K has been, you know, kind of front and center in the game for, for all these years. Uh, it's, it's hard to shut that faucet off and, and for people to just move forward. We're uh, we're going to get to uh, you faking your way through some things. Mikey A has sent me a list. We'll do it in a second. We're going to play a quick game of J or nay, and then we'll get you out of here because you're busy and you have a lot of things to do, uh, better things to do than horsing around with us. But would you be honored? Billy Gill is the name of one of our producers. Now, he's not here. He's in an important meeting. He apologizes. We want to create a new character next year called Jay Gillis. Would you be honored if we did that? I think you would, right? I would. I would absolutely be honored. Um, <laughs> anything, anything that uh, that makes fun of me, I'm I'm all in on. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, what we're going to do is we're going to position him as Jay Gillis, college basketball expert, and much like me, he'll fake his way through all these teams as we get closer to March. Good. As as long as as long as Jay Gillis does it with the appropriate smugness that I would bring to the role, <laughs> I'm good with it. I promise you he will, okay? I won't let you down. All right, right. quick game of J or nay, okay? J or nay. Slapping your hands on the floor when playing defense. J or nay? I mean, we started that when I was in in college. Uh, We were the first Duke team to slap the floor, but we did it judiciously, and I I think they do it now. But uh, I would would probably say say nay to it because it, it often fires up the opponent to score more than if you don't do it. Right. That's totally fair. Uh, how about schlubs like me thinking he could hit a three in an NBA game? Jay or nay? That would be nay too. Um, <laughs> now, could you hit? Could you hit one if nobody guarded you and it was at the end of a quarter or something? Of course, but that would be the equivalent of of me hitting a bunker shot in a in a pro tournament. Um, right. You know, could I do it? Yeah, but I'd probably throw up over myself. You know, nine times out of ten. But I'll tell you this, Jay, like Riley Opelka is a uh, professional tennis player, and I told Dan I could return at least one of his serves. He gave me 15 serves at 140 miles per hour, and I returned one, Jay. Return- I, and I rallied, and I won the point. How about that? I mean, you know, it just goes to show you can do anything once, uh, <laughs> but, but I, I would. It, it depends on who you had guarding you uh, right. in the NBA game. I wouldn't. You know, if you got enough shots off, you could hit once, 48-minute game. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think just with the right, you know, supporting cast, like LeBron, Wade, Bosh, everyone's focused on them. They throw it over to me for a three. I think I can hit one, Jay. That's all I'm saying. And with uh, the right opponent. With, with, yeah. with five guys that don't give a shit, you could probably <laughs> score. Thank you. Yes, you're right. Uh, Cinderella in the final four, Jay or Nay? I'd go Jay on that. I, I like seeing okay. it. Um, you know, we had it with Butler, uh, in 2010 and 2011, uh, VCU got in there. Loyola Chicago got in there. Um, I, I love it. Uh, but, but the reason I love it is because it's not predetermined. So, uh, it just, it just happens organically through the, the way the tournament works. Um, so yeah, it's great, but it's, it's the same thing as seeing, uh, 
you know, somebody you haven't heard of contend at a golf tournament or work their way to the Wimbledon final. Um, you know, it, it, you have these one-offs that do extraordinarily well, but you know, the, the, the ones we talk about are the ones who do it consistently. Peeing in the pool, Jay or nay? I'm a huge nay on that. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a Shocking. big nay on that. Wow. Okay. Well, don't have me pool, over. Don't, don't let me shower, swim in your pool. Yeah. <laughs> pool, shower, anything, anything like that. I'm a huge nay. Uh, Mikey, you're surprised by that, right? A little bit. A little. It's all yeah. pipes. It's all I pipes. I know. It's such an easy spot, too. You're in the pool. You're already there. Went in Rome. I mean, just let it go. <laughs> Went in Rome. <laughs> it's just there. It's a big toilet for you. Uh, Mark Emmerich, yay. <laughs> oh, this is bad. Mark Emmerich, yay or nay? On what? I mean, in what context? Just in general. <laughs> I mean, the, an- the answer would be the answer would be nay, um, because he's been an ineffective leader. Uh, but but you'd have you have to give him an enormous amount of credit for surviving this long, given what we've seen on a performance level. Uh, throwing a golf club uh, in anger, Jay or nay? It would be nay, but I've done it, and uh, yes. I actually I actually did it in a uh, with some friends of mine. Uh, playing at this place called Carolina Golf Club, where I used to be a member, on the ninth hole, which is a really long par three, I drilled a three iron and hit it over the green, and and it went across a little road <laughs> to the clubhouse, so that's out of bounds. So I had to re-tee it, and I I flushed it again and did the exact same thing twice. <laughs> and so I, I got pissed, and I hurled that three iron. It got stuck in a tree right next to the, uh, the tee box, and I couldn't get it down. And right across the road was the clubhouse bar. So all my friends were sitting in the bar watching. And as soon as we moved on from the hole, they all ran out of the bar and tried to retrieve it, hold it hostage on me. Um, so that that was one of the last times I, I tossed a club. Uh, people calling in watching TV to report potential rule violations in golf. Jay nay. or Nay, thank you. Nay. All right, let's move on to the next one. Thank shove you. It. They, Go- they can shove it. because Yeah. I'm totally uh, with you. Yeah, it's yeah. so annoying. Right. Uh, golfer decked out in all the best gear, but it's terrible at golf. Jay or nay? <laughs> nay. The parking lot pro. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially especially the guys who are wearing all orange like Ricky Fowler or right. dressed, you know, exactly like a pro would. Um, mm. You know, I, I always want to look presentable, but uh, but don't want to overdo it. I know I know who I am and. Uh, don't want to don't want to act like uh, like the parking lot pro. The golfer who on the fourth hole he's playing terrible and turns to you and says, "I was hitting him so good on the range." Jay or Nay? <laughs> That's Jay. Um, okay, I'm cool with that. I'm You've cool done with it. That. Yeah, I probably have done it. Um, right. But guys that can hold it together when they're when they're playing poorly and still have a pleasant round, those are those are the true heroes. More than five practice swings before each golf shot. Jay or nay? Nay. <laughs> if, you're be, if you're gonna be bad, be bad quick, right? Even one. Like um, Mike Breen, who you know is yes. a is a very good golfer, and we've played several times. And Mike takes a full practice swing before every shot. Just one. But right. it, it it is identical to, to his normal swing. And we were playing one time at my club. And one of the caddies started walking during his practice swing, like walking forward. And I'm like, you just watched, you know, you just watched 16 holes of this and it fooled you. Like how he, he faked you out. Uh, but yeah. One practice swing 
go for it. Two, three, no, no. I mean, we're not. Pre- and the guy that walks on a 25 foot putt walks to the other side of the putt. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trying to get if the read from the other that, side of the pin, right? <laughs> if you're going to do that, you'd better make it. Right. Because um, <laughs> we got other things to do. Oh, that is so great. Is Breen good at golf? Is he a good golfer? Really good. And he's really? the most pleasant golfer. And and what what he does is not in any way a problem. I'm not suggesting that. But but I thought it was really funny that that he faked the caddy out, you know, this this old grizzled veteran. And I started I started giving him all kinds of crap about it. I'm like, he faked you out on that? Like are, you're supposed to pay attention through the whole round. And uh, that, that was a good one. So uh, you were out in Tahoe last year playing at the tournament. I was out there as well. We had an awkward moment. I apologize to you for that because there was a lot going on there. Aaron Rodgers was hugging me. I thought he was vaccinated. He wasn't. There was a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) He pulled me in really tight. I'm very upset with him. I sent him a text saying I thought you were vaccinated, but it doesn't matter. Well, how do we get Mike Breen out to Tahoe this year? Let's do that. He, he he should play because he's, he's good enough to contend in that thing. Uh, that that's the most nervous I've ever been at a sporting event. Is, is that really? Uh, last, yeah, last year was the best I've played. I mean, I've kind of uh, gotten gotten better at playing that golf course. I've gotten better, period, because uh, I've worked on it. But um, you know, when you're standing over a little three footer uh, and you got cameras on you, or you might have cameras on you, and you got a whole bunch of people watching, it's a different different deal. Because I'm just a you know, I, I love to play. But I don't. I, I'm not fooling myself into being a tournament golfer. And you got to put everything out. It's a different deal, right? I was uh, I was really nervous as well. There's a gallery there. I had I was playing with Marty Fish, the reigning champ. Kelsey was screaming shit at me. <laughs> like the whole thing made me nervous. <laughs> like, but it's such a fun event. It's such a great event. Oh, man. it is the best, and the people are so the great. Best. I mean, my, my goal on the first tee shot is do not kill a spectator. If I right. if I don't send a spectator, because <laughs> I almost uh, I. I played in Jim Calhoun's uh, uh, charity tournament once, and you know I, I I played pretty well, and we got to a par five, and it was a scramble tournament. So my playing partners, I'd hit a good drive on this par five. It's a blind second shot, and uh, the guy said, "Hey, we'll lay up, and you go for it." Guy goes to the top of the ridge, says, "Green's wide open." I drilled a three wood. It's probably the best to this day, the best three wood I've ever hit. And we get up there, and there's a guy lying on the green, and and I had pegged somebody on the green with that three wood. And meanwhile, my playing partner, the guy's down on the ground, you know, as far as I knew dead and my playing partners are going, Hey, can we get a ruling on this? Do we clean the blood off the ball? You know, we got an eagle putt here. And, uh, and I'm thinking that this damn thing's going to be a Memorial tournament the next year. And luckily it turned out he was on the next tee box. And he got a phone call and he didn't want to bother his playing partner. So he started walking while he's on the phone, just walked across the green and took a titleist in the chest. I'll tell you a quick funny story. First tee, Ray Romano hit one of our producers, Chris Cody, right in the leg. <laughs> and it turns out they were related. We had Ray on the show. They're related. Ray is Chris's uncle. I mean, that is too good. It's great, isn't it? Uh, Jay, how about me and you around the Golf Tahoe this year, okay? Does that, can we, do, can we make in. that happen? You're in? I'm in. Yep. All right, this is fantastic. Uh, Mikey, uh, by the way, speaking of golf, you have a new podcast network out with Gary Williams. I'm going to appear on Gary's show, I think, next week headed into the masters uh tell us about that what are you guys doing it's a new platform called five clubs and uh and gary uh you know has a podcast there, there are others that do and i'm one of them uh and mine is just uh you know i had andy roddick on as the the first guest 
uh, who's a good friend. I played a lot of golf with him. Um, and it's just a bunch of guys, you know, it's just going to be people who, uh, love golf and, uh, not necessarily golf, you know, pro golfers, uh, pro golf types, but, uh, you know, hopefully people that, that, uh, others would know that just enjoy playing and enjoy talking about it. Cause I, I, I can't, I can't play enough. If I could play every day, I would. And uh, every day that the sun's out, I, I go to the club if I've got the opportunity to do it. The second we're done here, I'm going to play, Jay, just so you know. Yeah, I'm jealous. I mean, as soon as the buzzer goes off in New Orleans, I got a tea time <laughs> the next day. <clears throat> uh, how do you think this thing is going to play out? How do you – you obviously want Coach – I know you you got to be you know neutral here because you're a media member, but you went to Duke. You love Coach K. How do you see this thing playing out? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't go into the games wanting anything. I've been doing this for too long to, to have a rooting interest in these games, uh, even though you have relationships with all these different people. The games are going to play out the way they play out, and we'll just call it like it, like it is. But, um, you know, it's, it's great that, he, that he's there. It's great that Hubert Davis is there for his first time, and Jay Wright's got a chance for three, and Bill Self's got a chance for his second, uh, and all these players. Uh, I think Duke is the best team right now and playing the best They're the most talented and they're playing the best. So my sense is that if you go by how the teams are playing right now, uh, at least uh, through the tournament, that, that Duke's got an edge over North Carolina. Uh, but who knows? They've had five days. You know, both teams are going to have five days to prepare. And because Justin Moore is out, I give an edge to, to Kansas. But, um, you know, if you get whoever it is, these four programs, you're going to have a, a representative championship game and it'll be uh, it'll be historic. Um, and Coach K being in his last go round, uh, you know, that adds yet another layer to a multi-layered event. Are you going to the games? Oh, yeah, I'm calling the games. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm calling the games for ESPN International. So nice. uh, I've been brushing up on my different languages and uh, trying to say man to man in Latvian um, to make Can sure that. Can I hear you do it? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still brushing up, uh, okay. but I, okay. I uh, you know, my NIL deals in Sweden uh, are being <laughs> being hashed out right now. <laughs> so great. Uh, by the way, if you need, I'll volunteer. If you need someone to help spot whatever, I'm here for you, Jay. Like, if you, I'd love to go to the games. <laughs> well, the crazy part about doing ESPN International is it's it's kind of like doing radio. So they take the yes. CBS feed and then we're the right. we're the voices of it. So you don't yeah. ever see us on camera, but they're going to make right. me wear a suit to the game anyway, which I think is a travesty. I should be there in a t-shirt, a pair of flip-flops. Ridiculous. But e yeah, ESPN wants me to wants me to look professional. So, Mikey, go ahead. Just throw something out to him, okay? Let him fake his way through it, and let's see how good he is at this. And I am telling you, I promise you, there is no one better at it than Jay Billis. Okay, go ahead, Mikey. The perfect Ruben. Well, the perfect Reuben uh, starts with the bread, and a lot of people would go with rye. It has to be buttered and put on uh, a flat top at the exact right temperature for it to get a little bit of crunch, but not too much. And the sauerkraut uh, has to be appropriately layered. Uh, so th that's really the key. People think it's people think it's the it's the the meat, but it's not. It, it's really the sauerkraut and the bread that makes the perfect Reuben. Uh, and then, you know, look, the Russian dressing is important. And I know given yeah. geopolitical events right now, Russian dressing might be a problem. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I think I, I think that those are the, the three things. The bread, the Russian dressing can't be too much, but you have to have enough. 
And so, so layering that the appropriate way with the sauerkraut uh, makes the perfect Reuben. And I always, <clears throat> I always expect there to be uh, a toothpick to hold it together. Right. When's the last time you had a Reuben? I've never had a Reuben. That I don't was like fucking am- amazing. I found myself taking notes. <laughs> Not seriously. I don't like sauerkraut at all. It makes me eat. Two more. We'll get you out of here. I promise. Quickly. Go ahead, Mike. Fairfield men's lacrosse defense. <laughs> Stanzik? My nephew's on the team. Okay. When when you play with that kind of physicality that the Stags play with, especially in the back line, their defensemen what? and their long their long stick guys are phenomenal. But you're going to get your teeth rattled by the Stags if your midfielders try to take it all the way. Uh, it's going to be body to body, and they run great, uh, great screening action, and they can they can body that up as well. Um, I, I think Fairfield's Fairfield's defense from the midfield all the way to the goalie uh, is about as good as it gets in men's lacrosse. So good. <laughs> Last one, Mikey. Let him go. Last one. <laughs> the best Uber driver. Uh, the best Uber driver I ever had was uh, a 90-year-old woman uh, who was a, a great-grandmother and was saving up uh, to um, pay for one of her great-grandchildren to pay for uh, a baboon heart surgery uh, event. And, uh, and we couldn't, it was really sad, we couldn't figure out the, the tip thing on the Uber app. Uh, so I'm not sure what it, what actually happened with the baboon heart. It probably couldn't be picked up because she couldn't afford it based upon the, uh, the, the failure of the app to leave the appropriate tip. But what, but I did give her five stars. So if she lives much longer, uh, that that's gonna, that's gonna help her pick, you know, getting rides. Uh, Jay Billis, you are the absolute best. I look forward to seeing you in Tahoe again. We'll play some golf. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, have fun this weekend, man. I know you're calling it in a different language but enjoy it for what it is to see a coach that you love a man that you love hopefully get this done in the right way yeah and i'm looking forward to us playing golf i haven't played with somebody with, uh, that plays pink golf balls in a long time so that'll be fun <laughs> i'm not very good jay you'll have to spot me like at least a shot of hole okay what did you finish at this year I only played that first round, the practice round. This year, I am invited to play in the entire tournament. So we'll see. That practice round, we were playing best ball as well. So I didn't really – I did play one full round. I think I played with Robbie Gold. (laughs) I played one full round the day before. I shot an 84. Yeah, but but they play the Stableford thing. So uh, I think it's one point for a par, zero for a a bogey, and then minus two for a double, which is really concerning. Because uh, you, you can move backwards in a hurry, and I think you get three points for a birdie. I didn't have to mess with. I had a couple eagle putts, but not very many, uh, and didn't make them. But um, that, that's the that's the problem. You, you know, you're judged by that number, and I I, yeah. I did much better this year. That is the best. That is the most fun I've ever had playing golf in that thing. It, it's the absolute best. Uh, Romo was taking it a little bit too seriously, though, wasn't he? I mean, come on. Well, all the top guys do. <laughs> you know that that the, the, talk about parking lot pros. You know, they think that yeah. that people. You know, people really care how we do. They don't. Wait, but Jay, on that course, what I'm telling you is, I think two days before we played the the round that you were in as well, right before the tournament started, I did play a full round on that course, and I yeah. was playing. You know, I was playing normal rules. Robbie Gold just happened to be there playing because we're in Tahoe, and that's what happens. I did shoot an 84. So what did you like? What did you shoot 18 holes on that course? I'm trying to gauge if I'm a better golfer than you. That's what I'm trying. I don't. To I don't remember. I don't remember the exact scores. I shot around 80 each day, 
Um, Jesus. And, but I don't like, I don't remember, you know, was it 79 or 81 or whatever? I wound up with uh, 20, I think 19 or 20 points after doubling. Uh, I doubled like the seventh hole and then got lucky and birdied the eighth. We, we were finishing on nine uh, the last round. And then I hit, I hit the longest drive of my life on nine. That's the one that that's on the, on the water yeah. there, par four. Uh-huh. And I had like a sandwich in and made five. Like it was the worst feeling of, you right. know, when I, when I hold out, I was playing with uh, Brian Kelly and Brett Saberhagen and Brett Saberhagen. I played high school basketball against, if you can believe that. And wow. I, uh, and when I put it in for the five, I was like, great drive though. Wasn't that a great drive? <laughs> like I could have hit that bounce and made five. And uh, if really, we were playing J or nay, I'd say nay on that. You can't do that. That was definitely a nay. That was definitely a nay. <laughs> it was a waste of a drive, though. I understand. A waste of your best drive. Right. You want to yeah, pour that, birdie waste. that, not a bogey. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I walked right. away with zero, exactly what I deserve. Uh, Jay, we appreciate your time during a very busy time for you. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend, man. I will be in touch, uh, and hopefully we'll get a round in before we go to Tahoe. A little practice round, me and Billis. How about that? Let's do it. I'm in. Jay, yeah. before you leave, real quick, your podcast, Five Clubs. Uh, tell the people again where they can find it. Uh, you can find it uh, on all your outlets, whether it's Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can you could find the Five Clubs platform. Uh, and my my podcast doesn't even have a name. That's how shitty it is. But uh, wow. it, yeah, we, it's just called the Five Clubs Podcast. Uh, Would you like I us think, to come up with a name for you? I mean, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I don't I don't know okay. if we're gonna name it because uh, every all the good golf terms are taken. You can't you know you can't call it the nineteenth hole or the nineteenth hole with Jay Billis or right. uh, Dormy with Jay Billis or you know or foreplay right yeah, yeah another double. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my podcast. Don't steal it. Uh, Jay, thank you so much. Enjoy the games, man. We'll talk soon. And uh, and I look forward to uh, to seeing Coach K get this done. I think he's going to get it done, Jay. Yeah, it could be. It would be, be a great story. Stu Gouts here from my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.